da 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 in the real world with cars and houses and time there lived two bohemian housewives with deep midwestern roots then one day they were airlifted and dropped into the middle of Crown Heights, Brooklyn, back in the Stu Stu studio. These are their stories. We are the real housewives of Bohemia and we know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> Was I supposed to say something after that? There was an option, but it was not mandatory. (laughs) And like, what I'm gonna say is so perfect because what I was supposed to say is, life has no roadmap, so why should we? (laughs) And then we were gonna say, Dr. Claver, Ms. Besser, how are you? Welcome to the studio. Doing all right. Bounce it back. Bounce Bounce it back. Ever bouncing back. Ever bouncing back. Resilience is important. It is an important thing. I feel like you've got it. (laughs) You've got it. I've witnessed it today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've you've witnessed the long process of me with my post-wedding hangover treating your home as my own personal spa full of eucalyptus Shower, yeah, shower spray and weighted blankets yeah. and everything I need to clear my sinuses and relieve my anxiety. So thank you so much. Yeah. What, what a good friend. You know what? <laughs> it was my absolute joy to share both the... Re- I have a good shower head. Uh-huh. It's really powerful. Yeah. Like the bathroom sucks. I hate the bathroom. Now that I've put all the art up, it's great. But the shower head alone is reason to keep the rest of the shitty bathroom. The pressure is, is amazing. Nice. It's nice. great. Even when people have fancy shower heads. They're not good. Yeah, it's sort of like distributed in this way where it's just like drip, drip, drizzle. And it's like, yeah. why? why? Why have this like wide, yeah. like oval shower head if it's just going to kind of And the rain drip, shower drizzle. head, you know what? I've had enough of it. I just want to, yeah. you know, because yeah. it comes straight down, and yeah. so, like, you're trying to wash your hair. Yeah. It doesn't work. You have to be, like, out of the shower, and yeah. you're cold, and it's, it's just... like, if I wanted this experience, I would shower in a waterfall. You know you what know? I mean? You're just, you're living, you're trying to recreate a fantasy that can't work in your bathroom yeah. in Toledo. Yeah. I've had some intense showers this trip. I showered at my sister's new place on Upper West Side for the first time. Okay. She, the person who lived there before, put in all this fancy stuff. She has a shower that it comes out of the top and then there's like you know one of those oh, little, sh- little what are the nozzles what yeah, is it called uh, uh, you know, vibrator spray <laughs> dildo no it's uh, yeah but actually yeah actually it worked great for that it. but i didn't do that yeah. at my sister's but yeah um and then there's a piece like in the wall that just comes you can put it on a setting where it just comes straight out the wall at you. Sort of like an opposite <laughs> or like a like a 180 bidet. Ooh, right. A 180 bidet. A wall, a wall bidet. <laughs> a wall bidet. <laughs> <laughs> a wall bidet. <laughs> 
say, like, for your boobs. So my sister has this shower <laughs> with a hand-held on a boob and it's awesome. <laughs> Not what I planned to say at all, but anyway. Three hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Mary Claver. Hey, Mom. <laughs> um, yeah, three settings. <laughs> and, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it's sort of, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's maybe like the, the vibe I got was more like fire hydrant. Like there's like oh, water wow, coming yeah. at you uh-huh, horizontally, uh-huh, uh-huh, and it's uh-huh. not like a thing you often experience. Yeah. So it's like, is there a fire hydrant? spraying at me right Right, now. Right, yeah. Is it summer in Brooklyn? Yeah, right. Which, and on, in my lift to the wedding yesterday, there was a fire hydrant that just, like, completely sprayed the lift car, and then suddenly, like, the wipers were going That's great. Oh, what a great moment. Yeah, I was definitely feeling Feeling the vibes. The fact that I was in New York City for the first time since June 2018, which is inappropriate <gasps> and uncalled for and I would June like to tw- apologize yeah. to everybody to everybody thank you to our listeners yeah to you Lauren Besser thank you I needed that to everyone who doesn't live here but I think they live here because every time I'm in town they're here hello and to Austin everybody King lawyer yeah. lawyer Jennifer Tamayo yeah I guess. poet and artist friends Hello. Um, hello. hello to you. <laughs> thanks and, and thanks thank you. for giving me the illusion that everyone still lives in New York. And yeah. then meanwhile, I talk to my friends who actually live here, and they're like, everybody left. Nobody lives here Nobody's anymore. Nobody's here. Everyone's yeah. gone. It's a different vibe. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. Uh, New York isn't New York without you, love. I swear to Oof. you. I heard it, and I only Oof. thought of your face. Oof. And it made me weep <sighs> big, huge yeah. tears. It was like St. Vincent. And then, of course, when it's like, Will you forgive me, mm-hmm. you, if I go mm-hmm. to California? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, what if the I don't, studio, what if the studio has, is up in, and disappears? Like, yeah, all of a how will we ever survive? But we will we because will. we're resilient. We are fucking resilient mm-hmm. motherfuckers. We bounce back. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And who knows what kind of showerheads they have in New Mexico, right. Southern California, yeah. wherever you yeah. go, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I used to use the jacuzzi, like, um, nozzles in my mom's tub at our house when I was a preteen um, to masturbate. Yeah, I knew, I knew what that yeah. was. You knew was what was be. coming. Yeah. And so it was, like, a constant question, like, mm-hmm. Mom, can I take a bath? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, 12-year-old <laughs> who definitely knows how to shower and, like, knows how to deal with themselves, you want to take a bath in the master bathroom all the, the door time. locked. Yeah, like all the time. <laughs> yeah. And like like every day. And I'm not a big shower ween. I think our listeners know this, my friends know this for sure. Like I just don't I'm not into <laughs> You're it. I'm not a big shower. I'm not. I'm not. Although But you have the nicest shower product. process. Process. Yeah, or like, yeah, process. Oh, right, yeah. Lori gave me a shower consultation yeah, too. We that did. was part of the nice yeah. setup. That it was my, I think it was my first shower consultation. Yeah. yeah. I think it was, it was probably my first time giving a <laughs> yeah. shower consultation. Well, we both did great for I as first time. <laughs> we did. And I think, honestly, I'm going to tell my biggest, I haven't, I don't think I've ever talked about skincare on Real Housewives of Bingham. Oh, yeah. Maybe I have. Well, I have. I mean, you're like giving away like free Gold. advice. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm like, giving people money this basically. Is right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't. You're not gonna have to go get plastic surgery. Yeah. If we <laughs> had a Patreon or something, this would be the moment this to remind the, people. Yeah. Of it. We yeah. do. That's right. Yeah. Pay us for our work. Um, <laughs> 
What I will say is that you exfoliate in the shower and truly the water in the shower is too hot for our faces. Mm -hmm. So we're not really supposed to be washing our faces in the shower. Mm. But I do it. It's what I do. It's how I do it. When I do shower once a month, I guys know I do it. <laughs> I shower once, more than that mm -hmm. once a week. Twice a week, maybe if we're having and you good. smell great. And I smell great. I know, it's because yeah, I'm it's like used you can't to tell it. On, on the radio. My hair looks you amazing. Smell great. Yeah, also right all the time. Yeah, so like you're getting the texture yeah, that, you that want. I want. Yeah. That's the whole deal. Um, so the thing is, is I've been exfoliating in the shower. Fine. The thing <laughs> that has brought it's against the rules, but I'm doing it. Yeah. The thing that has really brought everything to the next level is applying my face oil in the shower after I exfoliate. While your pores are open. While your pores are open, fresh, while they're wet, and the steam pushes the oil in because they don't like each other, oil and water. <laughs> and also, it just protects you from the hot water then. Yeah. When you have the beautiful oil on your face, so then you're getting this whole like steamy moment of gorgeous face oil, extreme, like moisturizing, the exfoliation has happened, everything's great. And then you can get out, put your serums on, put your, you know, moisturizers, lotions, whatever you want to do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But, and that's what you did today. And yeah. And it felt great. Did it work? Yeah. I think, felt I, like think it, I was glowy in yeah. spite of the fact that I was completely are. dehydrated and uh, puffy with sinus infections. So, yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And the eucalyptus spray on the walls. That's a mo that's killer. a great one. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. So yeah, thanks. Yeah, no prob. Hey, no prob. I uh, okay. So Becky and I are like we haven't done this in a while, and it's wild, and it's so wonderful to be sitting across from you, looking at your face with the microphone between us, which is it's, just yeah, it's wonderful. This is a, ha a happy place in life. Top three. Top three Top spots. Three. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and you know. We did 65 episodes. It's been like a year and a half maybe since we've done one. Yeah, probably since the last yeah. time you were here. And um, I've been thinking about RHB mm -hmm. and, you know, like what it would be now if we lived together or what would it be if I, you know, now I'm no longer as depressed as I was and can maybe like do long distance. Like what, what will it be like? But yeah. that also made me think of what it has been. And it's been a, you know, a blast and some First of, of all, it's been a blast. Number one, Never. it's been a blast. <laughs> and also like some of the finest art we've ever created. Yeah. It's just individually and certainly yeah. as a group. It was sort of like, you know, it taught me about the art of conversation. I think it was also sort of like my shadow dissertation. Like, you know, Interesting. like at some oh, point right. I've talked, well, about, talked it. about it. Yeah, yeah that's right. And uh -huh. like, yeah, so it was like, it was like the thing I maybe like wanted to do not instead of but like you know it was like I couldn't put this into the scholarly dissertation so like it happened here yeah yeah right it's At, just in the studio yeah, yeah it's like I it feels well there's so many things that I we you know we were talking about that time in our lives and what it allowed for us and I think we're gonna get there where I want to take us is um, you know, RHB was born in the Obama years. 
It's it's really weird how I mean, first of all, I'm just realizing now it was 2014, so this is our five year anniversary. Fucking dude, man! Happy Hello, anniversary, my beloved sister yeah. queen. Happy you anniversary, my love. And I it love was you. August, so it's basically our anniversary. You know, um, so yeah. we need five, more champagne. Yeah, five years ago is actually quite a long time ago and oh i mean in, the, in these times in these times yeah it's it's i mean yeah no so the world i mean in our lives of course but like in the country it feels like a long time ago for sure um we were talking earlier Lauren point, pointed out that the Me Too movement, like, hadn't happened yet, you yeah. know? Like, there were some, like, hashtags going around. Yeah, that the, this internet-obsessed yeah. feminist podcast missed, um, you know, not, yes, all women in response to not, yeah. not all men. Yeah, that was, and I think something that was really, that was intense for me, yeah, I pour it right, right to the top Love as it. we do. We do Love our bop the way we do it. Yeah. Um, is how much rage I and we experienced on a regular basis, yeah. but it was the Obama era. Yeah. And not to say that that rage was unfounded or there wasn't more to have or that we even had sight on all of the things that were, you know, horrifying or rage inducing, but the diff, the, 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 there, I, I, I don't know how to exactly like wrap my head or language around it at yeah. the moment, but well, it feels like we were we had access to this whole space that wasn't taken up the way that it is right now. Yeah. Of like, I can be mad about things because I feel safe in a way that like now it's, it doesn't feel like I'm mad. It feels like it's like a fight for our lives or yeah. for everybody's lives. And it, that's more terrifying. And there isn't, when we were talking about like the reasons why I was having a hard time doing RHB long distance was mostly because I missed Becca's fucking face in front of me, but actually mostly because I was severely depressed, but, and I'm doing much better audience. I'm very happy to report and thank you for going on that journey. Cause 2015 is when it started. So yeah, like yeah. RHB saw a lot of my decline, not my like actual breakdown in 2018, but like the way that this, and I had a safe place to talk about well, it with you. Yeah. We both struggled. Totally. And I think, you know, it wasn't always showing up on the surface, but it was like, it was therapeutic for both yeah, of us to just like be in this like laughing, happy place. Yeah. Like there was plenty going on behind the scenes That's right. at that time. That's right. Yeah. That we weren't sharing. <laughs> yeah. And I think then there's also this like, you know, the, of course the personal is political and we talk a lot about the personal and we talk a lot about the political, but I think that there was this like access because it wasn't like fascism rising yeah. in America. Yeah. It and and you know there was still so much to change, but it felt um, I don't know. I don't know how to yeah, talk about no, it. I mean, I'm, I'm my like, rage feels funny in the Obama era, and right. yet it was still so true, and still is true, and yet. To think of RHB, which is like, you know, come to the fucking bunker and party with us because we're going to party while we create a revolution. And now there's millions of people on the streets four days ago for the climate march. It's like, right. right, like we are in it. And then the last thing I'll say about that thing is like when I was a kid and I had a book on the 60s, like my favorite pages were the ones on the movements. And like 
I wished that I said this in our women's march stuff like I wanted to be a part of some of that yeah. and I've had the opportunity to do that in some ways small ways but like w I wonder when we continue long distance how what RHB looks like in the fucking 45 era yeah yeah remember you know? when I wouldn't even say his name yes yeah I know it was just too much to accept and like there's I've never gotten to a point where I just sort of like have, have accepted that this is the new reality, but like we're so deep inside of it that, you know, like we're inside the trauma, you know, yeah, yeah, and we're right. going we're gonna to have to recover from it later, but for now we're sort of trapped and so it's, it's bad. And I think also what you're describing, like we were able to, in the Obama era, we were like able to like grab on to issues and it seemed like there was like just, you know, something you could, like, put your finger on, and it was right. easy to, like, isolate things to have conversations sure, yeah, about. yeah, totally. And now, no, it's no. like, we are just surrounded, it's and it's like an entire long. culture, and it's very, it's very hard to be like, here's this topic that we should discuss, and the image that popped into my head while you were talking was that, like, before we were, like, yelling on land, like, we were, like, on land, yelling yeah. about stuff, and now we're like screaming underwater, and it's like, it's the, a different uh, feeling. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> she is a poet. Uh, Don't you know it? Best known for her works, LA Liminal, <laughs> and Wasted. Yeah, that's right. I feel like that's that makes so much sense. Yeah. We're screaming underwater. Screaming and, underwater. Yeah, there was more. <laughs> Episode title. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that what it is? Um, yeah, it feels. It just, it, yeah, there was something that felt like, um, because certain things felt like oh, either taken for granted or like given or sacred or, you know, it just felt like there was like, oh goodness, here we are. There's this like stand up, intelligent, wonderful dude. Great. I'm glad that I just called President Obama a dude, but that's good. I think he wouldn't mind. I don't think he'd he mind. Yeah, yeah. He gets it. Um, <laughs> but that like, you know, and he wasn't perfect for sure, but like, that at least it just it didn't feel like an onslaught every day of just like you know terror and um, yeah so we could point a, like hold on to something and say okay let's fix this thing that maybe we weren't able to have eyes on before or something yeah. and now it's just like a shit show of which way do we look and how do we hold how do we hold hands to make a big enough circle that holds all this shit. I don't right, know. You right. Know? And like, obviously we haven't been casting for geographical reasons, yeah. but I do sort of wonder if it just like yes. took us this long to even be able to wrap yes. our minds around like, I how do, do we begin to deal yes. with this, this reality? Because we can't quite have the same tone as yeah. we used to have. And yeah. so it's hard to know really totally. how to address Yes, I think yeah. that like, and also I think because of the distance between us, like if we were face to face in the studio processing the experience from election night that we had together to now, yeah, that would have been a different thing. But I think the loneliness of being apart and in these different worlds, I mean, I was still here, but in a very different world. You were in yeah. many different worlds. I mean, I left New York two months after that election yeah, right. night, and yeah, so right. there was really it no was time to like, to we were just deal. stunned. We were just still, still yeah. in the stunned phase. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it just, I think that it was, it was like, how do what do we even it was sort of fun to be enraged before yeah. I think that's something that I'm trying to like grapple with is like 
you know, and, and, and what a, you know, like, wildly, pri- like, privileged thing to say, but, like, I think, I mean, I've always felt so much rage my whole life, and that's what has definitely catapulted me into yeah. young, young activism and all that kind of stuff, but I think that with the safety, it felt like, okay, cool, now I can make my voice super loud because there's less to risk, and it's, like, actually, the time that it needs to be the loudest is when there's the most to risk. Right. And, you know, we grow, we change, whatever, but it just, yeah, what would, I don't, I think it was a huge part of why I, you know, I can only speak for myself, but it seems like together it might have been just like couldn't process in the way that we were because things just really did change. Yeah, I mean, so like rage, there are all these books about rage lately, so I think like it's definitely... Um, something that people are grappling with in all sorts of different ways, like, um, and I think that, like, as someone who, like, wasn't an angry adolescent, like, I've always, like, been, like, a, like a sad person, like, uh-huh, I'm uh-huh, able uh-huh. to feel sadness better yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than, than I anger. am yeah. able to feel anger, but now I'm, like, starting to feel some anger and so that's an interesting and frightening thing to go through mm. and one of the things I've learned about anger and this is going to seem obvious to you is that it's empowering you know like right. that's why <laughs> yeah totally that's why you know people turn to anger instead of like freezing or crying yeah. or whatever because it feels like it could catapult you into doing something it yes. could sort of energize you like yes. you can you can do something with your anger you don't huh. feel paralyzed yeah. um and so I think that maybe that level of um, empowerment used to be more accessible, and now it's like a much more deep-seated kind of anger, or it's like anger mixed with so much fear that yeah, there's like right, a little sure. more paralysis in the mix. Um, and I think it's also definitely like a trigger response, like people women all over the place were getting triggered by Trump like during the election when he was you know like stalking Hillary like at the debates like yeah, behind yeah, her. everybody like there yeah, was yeah, that yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. Kavanaugh was just a year ago yeah. as my Facebook memories yeah, keep reminding me us. and like that was a deeply triggering experience yeah, for, for so many us, people yeah. and so I think we're we're like in this trauma moment and yeah. it's very hard to feel empowered and certainly hard to make jokes you know because like you don't want to take it lightly yeah Yeah. and it's hard to like almost stay off the top like it's either go down the like the rabbit hole of the topics and just like feel the rage all the time and then like also to have fun because like I feel like there was such a thing of like it's a bunker party where we're like having a blast while we're also like dismantling systems right where now it's sort of like i don't know if you can have a blast while we do this we need to like just do it and so that's a different task like how lucky and privileged we were yes Yes. exactly and continue to be yeah and i would say i will say this about um my relationship teenage rage i think that because i experienced the trauma that i experienced my reaction was freeze yeah that like I'm doing so much writing about my teenage feminism and my activism and stuff because most of my like life trauma stuff is too much. So I'm going to the like um, feminist stuff, which yeah. turns out is all connected. connected. As of course, <laughs> right. you know what I mean. Yeah. As it is, 
And so I'm finding that, like, because I felt so frozen and silenced, I found this thing that, like, I, I felt frozen and silenced in, you know, a gendered way, but also just in sort of, like, a imprisoned in the, the systems of my family way. Yeah. And finding this thing that was sort of like, oh, women are dominated in a certain way, yeah. and there's this whole movement, and I can feel it not only in family structures, but also like in the world around me and I'm becoming an adolescent and like now I'm fucking pissed as hell. Yeah. So I was able to have, and I could fight at the table with the people that were oppressing me and traumatizing me and abusing me, but I, but it, it was a different, the uh, vocabulary was different. Yeah. So I could be enraged about abortion, but I didn't have to, but I uh -huh. was still being totally quiet and consumed and uh, you know, uh, yeah, controlled it, in a certain different ways, and it was being redirected. You yes, know, and like put to good use too. Not like totally. redirected, yeah. like oh, you weren't dealing with it or something. You yeah, know? like it was becoming yes. productive actually, yes. but it was also happening because like you couldn't fight the fight you actually. I, needed that's to fight. exactly right. And yeah. so then now, all of a sudden, thirty-eight years old, I'm like writing about you know the absolute in rage and fury that that is bubbling in my body when I'm sitting next to a dude who's snickering at Hillary Clinton on Fox News on a flight. Yeah. And it's like, this anger at him is anger for him. Yeah. But man, oh man, oh man, am I projecting. You right, know, like, this right. is... And, my, and then it's like, right, my whole life has been spent, like, in a possible projection it's not like that, like that's getting to, you know, yeah. but things are connected and like, oh right, here I am. Like, this is my worldview is, yeah. you know, this like feminist worldview that has been cultivated and changed in many different ways since I was a young teenager. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's, I don't know what got me started, man, but here we are on yeah. this part of the tangent of maybe my, I don't know, my young, my young feminism. Yeah. And so you're no longer a young feminist. I'm you not. came to realize I did. recently. I did. Not, well, in March. March In 4th. March, yeah. yeah. Recently in the lifespan of oh, our, our of a feminist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the lifespan of a feminist. That's correct. Yeah, I did. I yeah, realized. So, Lauren, when did you become a woman? I became a woman on March 4th of this year. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a journey. I still feel like a baby woman. I do not feel like an adult woman. I'm starting to, actually. I mean, now is that I mean, now that I'm Luca's mom, which we can get to, yeah. but I'm a dog mom now, so like, yeah, I'm a definite woman. Um, which is also this whole like motherhood for, to womanhood channel that I am not here for. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh, I'm a dog mom, so now I'm a woman. Like, Lauren, stop that language. I hate it as yeah. I push my boobs up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> just needed to grab them. Yeah. Get them up. Feel, um, feeling yourself. Feeling my boobies. <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Yeah. Um, I was submitting some writing to an important person, and I was describing myself as a young feminist, and like in present tense. And it took me a minute to like realize that that is not true. And it's funny because there's people that are like, no, like, well, you are, but it's like, I was, the thirties are the end of being able to call yourself young in any way. I am 39 in less than two months. 
number one. Number two, so I was 38 and a half, as I described earlier. Which is very cute. Which is very youthful of me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're betraying your age. Which I'm betraying my old lady's womanhood. Um, Yeah, but it's like, I'm not a young feminist. Like, I was a young feminist when I was 23 and running. I'm a seasoned feminist. feminist. I'm a fucking woman. I'm not a young woman. Yeah. And it it came to me revising the thing right before I sent it to this person. And I was like, I can't, this person, I think she's like 30, 32. She's younger than me, so I can't be calling myself a young feminist to a younger person than me. It was sort of like how it first hit. And then it was like, oh, because I'm not a young feminist. That's not what I did. <laughs> like, just I, objectively it's, untrue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like also not just because of her, it's like objectively <laughs> untrue. And so I revised things and sort of like swallowed that. And like, it, it wasn't a painful swallow, but it was a shocking. It was a wake up call. It was sort of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. A little light bulb. Whoa. Yeah. So I sent it in and was very proud of myself for being on time and doing the whole thing. That's very unjuvenile Lauren. It's yeah. very adult Lauren to be on time and to take things seriously that she cares about. And um, then my oldest uh, oldest and dearest best friend, Catherine Sarah Black, texted me, appropriately it came from her, Luke Perry is dead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just like... I know we're talking about how you became a woman, but just like, like the t- the teenage seriousness with with which you just said Luke Perry is dead is just like, again, I don't know. There's some uh, oh. there's some contradictions happening no, I need live you to on air. I need you to know, like that is it's a paradox. It's a parrot. No, that's the whole deal. Yeah. And thus, <laughs> I became a woman that day because I realized that, like, my first crush is dead. Yeah. Everything is changing. Everyone has moved out of New York. I have, I, I. <laughs> not she's funny. in a Woman's World t-shirt. It's like a Wayne's World, Woman's World t-shirt right now. And it's my favorite thing because we are repping the 90s in this conversation. We're doing, like, a little bit of Luke Perry, Night or Twitter realness. And then we've got a Wayne's yeah, World. Like, women's World. Yeah, yeah. Women's World. Uh, wait, so did you cry when Luke Perry died? Are you, I, I sat Shiva. I straight up <laughs> brought, <laughs> no, I I'm not, I mean, obviously I like Dylan better than Brandon, but like, it, it was never like a huge thing for me, so I'm sorry I'm laughing. I mean, I, I no, I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. keep going, keep going. Okay. First of all, number one, number one, when, so I went into my closet where I we're gonna put up we're gonna bring it out and take a picture where I got out my 1991 poster of Luke Perry as Dylan McKay in a Canadian tuxedo so cool it's it is so cool and I also had in addition to that a heart shaped pillow with that same image I bought it the same day um with a pink fake satin back like neon pink and then I also had the button of the same image bought the same day all the place called Top Cappy that got bought out by Claire's Boutique. Uh-huh. And so I wore the button. I still have the button. Uh-huh. I still wear it, but now I'm nervous about losing it. Yeah. So, like, to say that I love him is, I mean, yeah. I oh, love you should him. put it on your Luke Perry bag. So, yeah, but then I might lose right, it. Right, right, right. So, yeah. so I brought the poster out. Mm-hmm. It sat here with me for, like, ten days. Mm-hmm. 
just like oh, it was I see. like I, see. I, I see. was you like, were saying goodbye. I was saying goodbye, and I was also sort of like this thing of like. I just sent in my shit on time, like for something that I deeply care about and that I ended up getting wild results from and like very positive results from. So like, it was just this moment of like, damn, like I'm taking my art seriously. I'm taking myself seriously. I've been in therapy for a long time. Why did Luke Perry have to die to make this possible? Why did this happen? You know what I mean? And then why God? Why God? What kind of trade off? Thank you, Luke Perry. And then when I realized that I was going to be getting a puppy. Yeah. I knew yeah. that his name had to be Luke Perry That's right. because I became a woman on the day that he passed and I just yeah. wanted to like honor him and his name is Luke, Luke Morrison, Morrison Berman Perry, Perry. and go. the reasons are <laughs> is that uh, Luke Perry died on the day that I sent in my writing um, Tony Morrison died on the day that I got the acceptance that I was allowed to adopt him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then David and then Berman died. David the Berman. Day, it was the opposite. I no, remember. and David D- Berman died the day I met him, which was like yeah. one or two days later. Right, right, right. And so, for you, yeah, and also that's like this, as not necessarily a David Berman fan, it means a lot to me that you well, and also, accepted my request. No, it would also happened after David Berman. No, but also what happened was because when I was meeting him, I was with his foster mom and foster dad, and his foster dad got a text and was like, kind of all of a sudden got super antsy and like, his mom and I was and if they're Anna and I were talking and like about Luca and the whole thing and blah blah blah, and he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you guys, I gotta interrupt really quick. Um, do you know? Dan Berman, and I was like, Dan David. David. Oh, see, I'm it's not Dan Behar. That's what you're thinking. Okay, all oh, right. Thank Just you. Thank you. I knew I was okay. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. I yeah. knew I was there. So I'm not that big of a fan. He was like, Do you know David? David. David Berman, and I was like, mm, and he was like of the Silver Juice, and I was like, Oh my God, yes, I do. What happened? Because yeah. <laughs> I know the Silver Juice through you. Oh, you found out like on the phone with no the meeting them for the Meet, first time, meeting person? Luca for the first time. That's what. Yes, I think you told me this, and I just was in a you were in a daze spiral. because it happened. Yeah. I knew before you knew, friends. Oh my god! And I almost texted you, but I didn't know what to do. Oh my god! And so. He and it was you. You texted probably like thirty minutes after, like. Yeah. But I was in the thing and almost texted you, like, "Did you hear?" Yeah. And then I was like, "I don't know if I'm the one because I'm it's not." Okay. A no, person, I mean, I heard from know. Marissa, and I think yeah, just hearing from a friend is a good. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. And I was like, as a non-fan, I didn't know if like I should be dropped. You know what I mean? Anyway, totally I understand. But but so then I was time. like, oh, my beloved, like my beloved friend is going to be experiencing some pain with this. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, and then when you, I think you requested, and it was like, of course, yeah. Luke yeah. Morrison Berman Perry has a beautiful ring to it. Yes. And he is a heartthrob rebel with an open, vulnerable heart. Right. And a total bad boy aesthetic. That's right. And I'm obsessed with him that's right he has made he has changed me in the ways that I knew I needed to change and couldn't change myself yeah and I'm just so deeply grateful he is a medicine dog and like I could I just I am I'm so thankful he's in my life yeah this reminds me to um R.I.P. Toni Morrison and there were a lot of quotes being shared after she passed and I don't know if I ever sent you this one. I meant to, but I just want to say it now because uh, I thought it was amazing and it reminded me of you as a Scorpio. Oh my God, this is already amazing. (laughs) Anything that you say now is just going to be icing on the cake. So this is a paraphrase, but she was basically like, people always think that 
I'm writing about love and I am writing about love on a certain level that's true but what I'm really writing about is betrayal <laughs> that's what Toni Morrison said and I was like thank you for your honesty <laughs> thank you for your honesty because that like that's like was so weirdly comforting to me to know <laughs> that it's like you're Toni Morrison and like that's what you were writing about this whole time and you're very very comfortable admitting it so I am yeah. dead and like what's I'm dead now what's the uh, underside of love except betrayal of course you know like that's that's it they're two sides of the same coin as anyone who has ever loved and been betrayed knows um and that's not just romantic love, that's all sorts of things, you know. So, anyway, I, I mean, I that's I that as someone who loves so much and is a hell of a Scorpio, you, that you would understand that deeply. So, um, I deeply, deeply appreciate that, and I think that betrayal is probably what has made me a writer most. See? Um, Thank you for letting me know that because I didn't know that before this conversation. Yeah. And what I'd also like to say, and you might know this, you might not. Um, so her collection of essays that came out, the source of self-regard. Yeah. Um, in an, in another majorly scorpionic move. Now I don't know what her signs are. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We'll have to look that yeah, up next. Yeah. But in the British edition of the source of self-regard is called Mouthful of Blood. <gasps> Talk about it. Can you believe? What? That is, like, not the same look title at, at all. Talk to, and look at the, the the covers. Like, everybody look this up. Whoa. Mouthful of blood. So I am going to order it from Britain. It's, and it's a woman's body, and, like, there's, like, blood in the, like, pelvic hip region. Yeah, and, and it's like, also, like... That's what like, the design is suggestive of, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's also almost Art Deco in a, str in a right, strange way. Yeah. It's, like, it's... I mean, the source of self-regard is, like, light pink and, like, very academic. Why are We're going to put a picture of this Americans up on... so dainty? Like, yeah, we deal can't with handle it. shit. You a know what? You guys, go to, um, go to our Instagram, and we're going to have a picture of the two of them next to each other. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there is data to back up whatever choice they made with those yeah, titles. Totally. And it just makes me kind of, like... Want to bomb? Yeah. Yeah, me like, too. It just, you know... <laughs> Grow up here, America. You know what? <laughs> exactly. I'm so sick of America not being awesome. Like, and I am thankful uh, for being in New York because I know that that's. Uh, so I saw Brandy Carlisle with my mom oh, at Madison yeah, Square Garden, right. and it was tremendous and amazing. Mm -hmm. Here's a couple things that were amazing about it. <laughs> Number one, Brandy Carlisle told the story of her first show in New York with mm. these twins she plays with, and I'm sorry that I don't remember their mm. names at the moment. But they've been playing together for like 20 years. Yeah. Their first show was at Mercury Lounge. Yeah. She said she wore a pink baby tee from um, Urban Outfitters. Oh, I was going to say, their first show way back when was that? Way, Mercury way, like, wait, no. like, way back when. Way back when. 20 years played ago. played an intimate show at yes. Mercury Lounge. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> how did I miss it? Yeah, no, yeah. so this was like 20 years ago. And so she's wearing like low-rise je cargo jeans mm. and like a baby pink t-shirt from um, Urban Outfitters. And it was like this highlight of their life. They had finally played New York. They were in Mercury Lounge. It was so amazing. They came out and their van was emptied out, stolen, including oh. the divorce papers of the basis. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like everything. Oh, like no. everything that they owned. So, and then and she was like, and so to be playing a sold out show at Madison Square Garden, she was like, started crying. She kissed the ground of the stage at Madison Square Garden. Mm. And you know how I feel for artists that are like living their dreams? Like, 
people that choose to walk that path just like make me I have a couple friends who are like one of my closest friends from high school just told me this morning he's playing Radio City next two weeks from now yeah. he's like opening for I'm just like we could have never imagined that this would be the thing and this is the thing now and it's yeah. happening so I was so happy for Brandy Carlisle and I was bringing this up because of something else that happened at the show that was amazing but I don't remember what it is um, does it have to do with uh, Americans blood Being betrayal, blood betrayal. <laughs> yeah this is Nancy Drew backwards you're playing it it's like yeah it does it I don't know it probably did it was about like making it and New York and Mercury Lounge and getting all the stuff taken and so it was more about them making it but yeah. that's okay happy yeah. way to go Brandy Carlisle yeah. you did it you made it and uh, so will we <laughs> Anyway, maybe it will come to me. Yeah. Maybe it will come to me. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. So I don't really know when I became a woman. Like, I don't think I can, like, pinpoint <sighs> it exactly. But I think I actually maybe became a woman in this neighborhood, like, um, just having, like, a lot of, like, grief and despair in my body and needing to go for, like, long walks. Like in this neighborhood, in this here, neighborhood. yeah. And, and talk so, about your route because I know it yeah, was a specific. One. It was yeah. So it was from Brevoort Place down Franklin, down Eastern Parkway, and sometimes I went a little further or not, but usually up Washington and then down um, Fulton. And so yeah, it was like a I don't know what that is like a parallelogram or something and. So I think I became like a woman, like ritualistically, like trying to work grief out of my body through like walking in a loop. And the thing about <gasps> <laughs> the thing about walking in a loop is that um, you you know that things have changed because it's the same like phys. I mean, whatever. All these. <laughs> random bars and restaurants are always opening in Crown Heights and whatever, you know, no, but, but like, this is amazing. you know that something has happened and that you passed through something because the same route feels different. Like that's yeah. how you know. And so I think that's what happened. Um, and I don't know. I think my next couple books are going to be kind of about this in different ways. And the one that's coming out in, January ready for Hey-o! Hey-o! <laughs> Ready for the world. It's like it's about a lot of things. It's like my witchy girly internety book and um as if the other ones aren't <laughs> I, I mean like ultra, let's say ultra. Thank you. <laughs> that's Thank the, you. that's the focus. It's not just in the background. Um you know, it's like a third of it is like spells and so I, it's called Ready for the World, and Ready for the World is the idea of, like, how do you get ready for the world, which is, like, oh you know, this imperialist, capitalist, white supremacist patriarchy that you need to get ready for, and so, like, the, the sort destroying of... destroying me already, I'm dying. <laughs> the sort of, like, uh, the secret, like, thesis of the book is that 
you have to die. Like, in some way, you have to die. And obviously, I, I'm talking... I mean, I'm talking about real death. The death, like, you know, Sylvia Plath. Like, she's 30. She could not get ready for the world. She offed herself, you yeah. know? Yeah, So, getting ready for the world is not an easy task. And if you choose to stay on this earth and continue, then there is some other kind of, like, death that needs to happen, which I think of in terms of, like, fairy tale trade-offs a lot. Like, you have to sort of, like, trade something in. Like, you know, like, Little Mermaid has to give up her voice or something. Uh-huh. You know, like, you have to sort of trade something in. So I thought about that, and I thought about, like, that kind of loss for a long time. But then, like, eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, but, like, actually you can totally get it back. And I think RHB is one of the things that made me huh. understand that we could get it back. Yeah. And um, my writing group here, Girl, made me understand that you could get it back. It's, like, that sort of, like, joyful yes. spirit. Yes. That wonder. Yes. Um, that, like, girl love. Yes. And um, connectedness. You feel like you have to just, like, lose it and trade it in in order to get ready for the world. But, yes. like, you, you don't. Fuck. Fuck that shit! You can get it back. Ugh. You can get it back. If you ever lost it, maybe some people yeah, will right, never lose it. Never I don't lose know. Lucky yeah, them. But, like, yeah. I realized you could get it back, and that was, like, a, a total surprise yeah. and, like, yeah. kind of a miracle in my life. And oh. so... Um, Becca, you are speaking to my heart and my gut and my mind. Like, everything right now. So that, I think, is my idea of what my yeah. book is about. But it's about other things, too, sure. I guess. And um, and it's magic. It is magic, you know. I, Just as friendship is. And yes, it's, it is. It's, conversation. it's sacred. Yeah. That's what real magic is. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Sarah Louise reminded Sarah Louise of of, of RHB fame. Yeah. Um, she reminded me to have joy in friendship or in experience, like yeah. that it's okay to like just giggle and have fun. Yeah, that it doesn't have to be like just be weighted and heavy with each other because we have no one else to say these things to. So let's just sit on the yeah. couch and just dump it. It's like which sometimes needs to happen. Oh sure, of yeah. course. But there's also this like have fun like the fun is accessible and can be especially after those transitions the you have to die piece speaks deeply to me in that and I've talked about this on past episodes but like I had a dream about a bat hiding under my bed it was cute and scared and I hated it but it needed help and I the next morning looked up what bat medicine is and what bats represent and they represent ritual death. Oh shit. Yeah. I have to look at that because yeah. I had a little bat in Iowa. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, oh <laughs> I mean right. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and that led me to realize I needed to like pilgrimage and figure out some ways of letting go of the trauma and the and the deep despair and lifelong depression that I had been dealing with that was overtaking my life in the last couple years. Yeah. Last two years I've been much better, but in the years before that was just, you know, or less year I've been, but whatever. Um, the point is you're doing The, the, awesome. the point is, is everything is going Great way job. better now because I did really hard work <laughs> and I'm so good at it. Um, <laughs> But truly, and now I'm, you get a puppy as a prize. Yeah, I get a puppy as a prize. <laughs> it's true. I'm so thankful. I'm really proud of myself. Um, but yeah, I just I 
uh, I'm so, I just, the transitions that it's, you know, going to New Mexico was because of the oldest statue in North America of Mary is in New Mexico. Uh And that happened because of the bat, because of the ritual death. So I went there and like, burn stuff and following and I did this whole ritual and it is not done I keep kind of thinking like oh well I remember I remember going there and thinking okay I'm going to do a ritual death and it's good and then I'm going to be do the ritual death and it's over and like when I went there when I turned 36 I left the day after the 2016 election and I in while I was doing it I was like I think this is the beginning of the ritual death not the end of it (sighs) And that was very much the truth. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm coming up on sort of, like, I still thought last year it was done, but last year I was there three months or two months after my major surgery and was in pain because I needed another surgery I didn't know about yet. So, like, it's still happening. You're still dying right now. I think that, honestly, with Luke Perry's death, that was, I think, and with the adoption of Luca, like, yeah. This summer, I think that the rebirth has start begun. I still feel like I'm an infant. Yep. But my perspective, my heart is different because of Luca. I don't hate myself anymore. I love myself. I believe in myself. I'm so deeply proud of the work I've done to change my life and to change and and the the creative work I do. The feedback I've gotten on the creative writing that I'm doing is like... I'm so deeply proud. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that so much. It's been a fucking journey and a struggle, and I'm, I've had the resources to... I'm so grateful that I've had the resources to help me. Like, my mom is paying for my therapy. Like, I could not be in twice-a-week therapy if my mom was... Like, that yeah. is... I We've talked a little bit about it. Like, I come from a very privileged background, and so, like, to be able... I have access to these things... And I still wasn't even able to, to access them. I was in such a bad space. And that feels like a privilege in itself, which is a different topic at whatever time, whatever. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I'm deeply grateful to the people who have helped me, you included, my mom, I mean, and my sister, everybody. Like, people have come in out of the woodwork to help me, my friends. Um, you know, I just, things are different. And I feel like, yeah, I'm... Luke Perry died and I became a woman <laughs> or I realized I was beca- I was about to be birthed into one and then I adopted a dog and named it Luke Perry yeah. like yeah. six months later basically yeah and yeah so yeah. five months later so yeah I think yeah. you know that was my that's my medicine bat yeah. medicine dog your medicine bat medicine all, dog all the that's animal right. medicine that's right yeah where are we back to Claver oh we're doing great yeah, we're, do- we're giving, doing it, great. giving it to the people <laughs> giving it to the people <laughs> So I think we need to definitely talk about um, this, <laughs> yeah. and I don't need to do this, yeah, but if do. we want to do that, we can. We don't have to, but we do need to I talk about I think it'd be fun that. to do it at the very end. The card, we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So James Franco is, we've, you know, things have changed. James Franco is no longer our crush. I don't think about him anymore. He, nor do I, and he wasn't really our crush. He was an example of the patriarchy yeah. being a multi-artist, which is actually a Yoko Ono or a Patti Smith, but... It gets called a James Franco, yeah. and we were, that was what, so without, what is that, irony? <laughs> that we were doing, or was it satire? Like, it, what were yeah, we doing? Exactly, yeah. We were I making think a was, joke it, of buying into the thing that it, we don't, we hate. Yeah, it was satire, but also, like, acknowledging that he has a smile that lights up the room. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it is. I 
I gotta be honest, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. You it, know was a mix, can, it was a mix of things. Here's who I'm except You know who it is. I know who it is. It's Jared Leto. Well, it was always when was it not because Jared has he, So first of all, he's a total fucking alien weirdo. Yeah, and right, also, he's which really is weird. He's, now. No, he's the weirdest, which is why I think we should have him as our crush because he's very weird, but in a like performative, dramatic <laughs> performance art kind of way. Yeah. Like the outfits he wears and the style he's trying to like bring to the to the party. Did he get like an Oscar for playing a trans person that was like weird about it though or something? Oh, there, did he? There might he be probably a, did. I was like, no, isn't there that might be like a dequalifying River, thing? Or not River Phoenix, sorry guys. Oh, Joaquin. Joaquin. I, but Joaquin he's very is, problematic. Yeah. He's deeply problematic. Yeah. But, and Jared Leto feels person. like he should be problematic, but it, he hasn't come out as such. Yeah, I mean, so that's why it's kind of like he's a weirdo and he's the Catalan. I mean, hello. Well, we're part the of part the Catalan generation. generation. Like you can call it Oregon Trail. You could what? say Exennial. Exennial, if, you really if, if you want to be the lamest like, motherfucker blah, 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 ever, which blah. I've done before. Yeah, I mean, I do it when like people I know don't that, understand. Right, I know that that will be like the shorthand that people yeah. will respond to or whatever. But um, yeah, like if we want, really want to be honest, it's Generation Catalano. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are calling it the Spice World's generation, which is uh, interesting because honestly, like, I took my. Oh, right. No, that, that's another little micro generation. That's right my sisters. Exactly. Yeah. That's my sisters. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I think we're Catalano, they're Spice Girls. Let's just call it that forever. Yeah. I think that's how we simple. do it. Simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just simplify it and make it the truest thing Yeah, could so be. basically our crush was decided for us in eighth grade, and we never really had to find a new crush. <laughs> like, I think actually... Do you feel that's the right one, though? I don't know. What are well, other possibilities? I think... I think it was eighth grade when my so-called life was on for us and, uh, 94, yeah. 94, 95. And so I do sort of feel like Jared Leto was like the cookie cutter bad boy. Yeah. Like, and all of our crushes were sort of trying to like fill that a cookie cor- a Luke Perry cookie cutter bad boy yeah. image. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. So, right. Luke Perry was before my 94. Yeah. First episode, episode it was August 25th, 94. Yeah. And that's interesting because it was like just as school was starting. Oh, right. And that's when I switched to public school. That's when I met Austin. And yeah, look at Jared Leto just being his most real self in this picture. God, he's just, I, I'm, I, I, I mean, look at him. There, there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We figured it out. Who's you, our, who's our crush right? now? Yeah. Jared Leto? Because Luke Perry's dead. Luke, and, oh. James Franco's dead to us. Yeah, and, so. and Leonardo DiCaprio was never the crush. He he was my personal, yeah. like, power experience. That's right. And I did love Leo in Romeo and Juliet and Titanic. But, you know, older Leo is a different thing with He's his baby a, face. Oh, my yeah. God. I saw a poster at, um, photograph from the climate the march. The climate that, march. Yes, was that a huge was, Leo theme? Was, yeah. Was, the world well, is hotter than 1997. Leonardo DiCaprio is. Didn't I think see that's what that. I, thought, yeah. I saw... Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriends deserve a future. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're school children. Because they're so, so, so young. So young. So young. Yeah, I don't know how Leo became like the meme of the climate strike, but that happened. That did happen. Maybe we do have a sense of humor left after all. Maybe we do. Maybe we're not dead yet. Yeah. Maybe we're not. Dead yet. Maybe <laughs> the thing is, is that we might not be. Well, we have to die, but it turns out we're not dead yet. We might not be dead yet. 
We're rising from the dead. Rising, <laughs> rising. rising, just rising, in time rising, for the veil to rising, thin. Thinning the veil. Thinning the veil. Running, running, running. Going from the equinox. Equinox. Today is the equinox. To and we have not talked about astral love. Astro love. And we Harmony send of the world. Astro love. Astro love. Today and every day. You better. Love.